Hey guys, welcome back to Wondering Faith, a show where we talk about all the things that faith. <laughs> I almost forget every time one makes us to... laugh about. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, yeah. <clears throat> hey guys, welcome back to Wondering Faith, a show where we discuss all the things that faith makes us wonder. Today, Ben and I sat down and we were wondering is the second commandment really about saying OMG? Hope you enjoy. Wonder does abound, even amidst the confusion and troubles in this fragile but precious world. So, today we're talking about today. commandments, dude. All right. Commandments, yeah. We're talking about something scriptural. Nice. Yeah. Old Testament style. Old Testament style. Okay, so, so what commandment are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on who you are. Yes. Really. yes. <laughs> Actually, so... Boy. <laughs> Starting out with the caveat. That's right. That's yeah. right. And actually, I have I have the breakdown of the Ten Commandments here in mm. terms of different kind of the Jewish interpretation, well, Protestant, Anglican, You should Orthodox, describe the entire Catholic, table. Lutheran interpretation. Yeah. So obviously, we've all heard the phrase, the Ten Commandments. Well, maybe you haven't. But if you haven't, the Ten Commandments, kind of traditionally, the uh, the, the Ten Words of the Ten uh, kind of... I guess rules for life, instructions for life, right, yeah. that, that Moses was given on Mount Sinai after uh, the people of God left Egypt and Moses was up there and written by the finger of God, all these types of things. Yeah. But interestingly enough, the Ten Commandments was not, it's not like God was like, hey, these ten, specifically one is this, two is this, three is this, four is this, and yeah, so they didn't, on. He didn't give the numbering. No, he really? didn't give the numbering, no. no. And, uh, and personally, I actually like the Jewish numbering a little okay, bit. Okay, okay. Uh, or, you know, I, I would say the Jewish numbering is it has in the, with the first one, the very first commandment or, or the first word includes, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, mm. out of the land of slavery. And so that yeah. the first word of God is a word of grace. And then from that word of grace then flows, oh, this is how. Yeah. A word of identity. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways. I do like that better. Let's do that. Let's bring it to a vote. <laughs> Let's bring it to a vote. Um, but so obviously Lutheran interpretation of these commandments uh, kind of includes that along with uh, the traditional first, which is you shall have no other gods before me. Yeah. So um, you, our number one, you shall know the gods. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and then number two uh, is, uh, at least in our interpretation, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Um, also, number one is you shall have no graven images. So that's kind of, there's there's some traditions uh, right. that have that as number two. Um, or uh, um, But yeah, so we kind of include all three of those first three words from God in, in Exodus 20 as being kind of about the same thing. Who which... would have thought it would be so hard to number one through ten? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just, yeah, exactly. Yes, but we are talking about you Wait, you shall not take the Lord your God. <laughs> what are you talking about? Should we know. start over? Yeah, I should know this. I should know this. No, no, no. No, we shouldn't. Yeah. Should yeah. not take the name of the Lord your God, God in, vain. in vain. Sometimes people say misuse the name of God. And so that is, yeah, typically the, I mean, I teach confirmation with kids. That's typically the time you say, hey, don't say, you know, oh my God, or don't say OMG, or don't call on God's name in vain and kind of use God's name as an expletive is usually how right. we interpret that. And, and, uh, usually, is taught as not saying yes, yeah, swear words of right. any kind. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's, I think there's room for that. Okay. Um, but I think for the majority of my life, that is what I thought 
this meant Me kind of it's an entirety. Yeah. Um, but even within the catechism itself and kind of how we talk about it, there is, there's more than that. And I think it's actually scripturally, I think the bigger deal is kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. So question, Paul, I just got to ask, please, uh, do you like, do, did you have rules around this word? Like saying God's name in vain growing up? Like, was that, was that just something, again, some Christians, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, heap, uh, guilt or judgment on people, but I, but some Christians, you know, use God's name pretty, pretty openly, loosely, like yeah. loosely. And, and, uh, okay, it I, I never grew sense. up in that way. And so like, <laughs> okay. it, it, like, it, for example, in my household, like my kids can't even say, Oh my gosh. Right. Because it's and not saying because it's close, but actually because it sounds more like, Oh my gosh, that they, they would have babysitter that said, Oh my gosh. Uh, and it kind of sounded really kind of like Valley girl S. So we mm, kind of mixed that. And so yeah. we have to, we try to tell them to say, Oh my goodness. Cause and, you don't want them to be Valley girls. There's nothing worse. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse than that. I get yeah, it. I yeah. Get it. But, but try to be careful about, yeah, because we've, I mean, my kids have said, Oh my God before. And we say, Hey, no, we don't, we don't say that. We call upon God's name in prayer, but not use it in that way, which Again, you know, we can evaluate whether that's helpful, whether that's actually interpreting this uh, this uh, commandment correctly or, or not, or what that's doing. But I, I know that's traditionally what I kind of grew up as, and kind of how I've always interpreted this commandment. I don't know yeah. what about what about you? Yeah, I think that's from you know looking back, that's my impression that I think I always kind of had was, and we were we were pretty good about not <laughs> not saying oh my god and. I think even a few times of like saying, oh my gosh. Um, well, I remember I had a relative who was around my age who would say, oh my God, all the time. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you're not supposed to do that. Uh, and it always bothered me. And I think that that was one of the commandments too, where, um, you know, some it's like parents or adults or whatever always have to remind you not to do this or that. Uh, but this is one that I felt like I kind of took the heart of. Yeah. Like, I really, no, we don't, we don't say that. We don't say OMG. We don't say, oh my God. And uh, that's really all I interpreted it as. And so, yeah, we were pretty good about not doing that. But as far as, yeah, how this, the impression I got of what this command was all about, that's pretty much what it was. And not saying any of the other four-letter words, I guess, that right. you know, are in society. That's basically it. Yeah. Are we doing, uh, so we, should we talk about cursing too? <laughs> cursing? I, well, I think that's what people, part of this. you know, and, and with, you know. Can Christians curse? That should there. be another pod. Yeah. Uh. Well, in this kid, <laughs> yeah, I guess like what is foolish or like what course joking, course joking yeah, all yeah. That kind of stuff yeah uh, that's unwholesome or whatever unwholesome talk yeah. yeah and i think that can all tie in um and yeah it really wasn't until maybe the last few years while i where i started to uh see and appreciate kind of the the bigger picture maybe the deeper meaning of what this is all about but i think that you know that this commandment being taken to basically mean don't say omg don't use swear words in some part comes from the sort of description or the the explanation of this commandment from Luther in the catechism if you want to read that yeah I'm gonna, yeah I got the the second I don't know if you guys had to ever memorize the the commandments and their meanings but the second commandment is you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God what does this mean mm-hmm. good Lutheran question that's right uh, we should fear love and trust oh no not fear love and trust I'm just used to uh, God saying we should fear and love God. So that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts <laughs> like the Enneagram, not just <laughs> lie or deceive by his name. <laughs> Go back. Uh, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm going to read that again since I was a little bit jumpy. We should fear love, or we should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, 
and give thanks. Um, and so, and so typically how we've interpreted that kind of interpretation, right. That of, of, again, because we only have, we have the words of God and we have then how did the, how did the people of God then those embody out. those, those words, yeah. right. I mean, it, and, uh, we can see that they didn't, well, <laughs> just from the 10 commandments alone, they didn't really follow them. Right. Um, and so it's not like God said, okay, this, these are the rules. You're going to follow them. And if you don't, you're no longer my people. Well, he kind of did a little bit, but not really. Right. He said, no, you're still my people, but now I gotta, I gotta make up for all your slack ultimately, yeah. because you're not going to be able to live up to the, to the letter of the law, the law or the, or even the spirit of the law. Um, but, uh, but I think that how people, I don't think that this verse, um, back in, you know, in, uh, in old Testament days was, kind of the way that we talk about it in terms of uh, saying OMG, yeah. like as an expletive. Not right? about now, what you say when you stub your toe or anything. Right. I mean, yeah, it's... exactly. Uh, it was actually way more serious than that. Yeah. Um, and like, and it had way more serious consequences, honestly, too. Yeah. Uh, whenever people basically deceived by the name of God, uh, used mm. God's name in vain, or as the Hebrew word uh, is uh, kind of the, the root word is, I was looking it up a little bit ago, uh, but it's uh, lashav or la, uh, shuv, which is empty, right? In mm. vain. So emptiness or deceit. Mm. Um, the fact that basically that you use God's name to say something that is not true of God and you're in essence bearing false witness about God. Yeah. Right. So later on, obviously we say, don't bear false witness about, about your neighbor. neighbor. Yeah. And this one's kind of the establishment of, Hey, don't bear false witness about God. about God. Basically, don't say something. God says something uh, when he didn't say that. Mm. And don't say that this is from God when this is, you know, that's not from God. Don't bind people's consciences or don't uh, free people's consciences mm. uh, saying that God thus saith the Lord, hey, you're totally cool where you're at. Or thus saith the Lord, that thing you're doing right. is damnable. That right? seems no big deal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. E- either one of those things is, yeah. is kind of a kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. This is, uh, you're touching on, and I'll really excited that we're doing this episode because this is something that more and more I feel like really you know there's a lot more that could be said and I think most people have that really narrow understanding of it just means not saying OMG and, and you can make a case for why a, a saying like OMG might not be the best thing but it all stems from these deeper reasons of uh, yeah the ways that we speak about God pretty basically the way that we represent God and yeah. I feel like this is all about how we not only sort of relate to God, you know, because it talks about prayer and everything, uh, and everything, but really the way that we um, witness to him and what our behavior, what our actions, what our words, what they say yeah, about him, uh, whether sort of directly or even implicitly. Um, and I, I was teaching on something similar to this uh, not too long ago, and I kind of used the example of this experience that we had with the pest control people. I don't know if I told you about this. I don't remember. I don't remember. So we have a pest control company. I won't put their name. Uh, we'll put them on blast. Not, not, not going to misuse their name. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna, well, this is true testimony okay. about what they've done. Um, but pest control people and kind of got set up with them when we first moved in. And, you know, when you first move into a place, somehow every business knows that you just moved in because they're all trying to get your business. So these guys came to the door and I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I hear there are red ants here in Texas. So I don't want that. So yeah, come by, you know, do treatment. Everything is going great for months. <clears throat> and then we have these termite people with the same company come over and I was not home and I knew this was scheduled. And so I told the company like, Hey, it's just, you know, my wife at home and you know, like they, they can go in the backyard and figure out termite stuff, but like 
we're not signing anything. We're not signing up for anything. Like, just give a report, and then we'll make a decision. Like, I was yeah. very clear about that a few times. But it ended up where the guy comes in, and he does this inspection, and he goes to, you know, my wife and says, uh, well, you got this and that. It looks like you have this and this. Uh, and you're going to, you know, you're going to have to sign. Well, he gave her an iPad to sign and didn't really explain what she was signing for, but just like to give a couple initials. And the way that he presented it made it seem like uh, she was just signing, like acknowledging that he came, you know, just right. one of those like, yeah, you did your thing, whatever. No mention of any contracts, no mention of any money, nothing. So she just signs like two initial things. And then I get an email later saying that here's the contract that he signed up for, for a $1,300 treatment that he was a, that he was scheduled to do in two days. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. So I, I get this email and then I call the people. And I'm like, listen, um, my wife was totally under the wrong impression. Uh, you know, something got miscommunicated here, but I was very clear. Like, we're not signing up for anything. Like, sure, he can come and do an assessment, but, it, you know, if that's for free. And so basically they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> and we I, from that, we had such a bad experience with that that we dropped our pest, you know, yeah. our service with them. And that guy, they even told us that they let him go because Holy it was cow. so, so bad. I know. Um, so I was thinking about that. I'm like, think about that guy, that termite guy as, you know, almost breaking the second commandment for, for his the company because yeah, he was yeah. bearing the name of the company, you right, know, right. wearing it on his shirt and he was acting as a representative for them, right. but he was misrepresenting them. Right. And then, you know, the damage that that caused to the company because we you know, stopped our service with them. And then it ended up, you know, hurting his own relationship with the company. And I just, you know, it's like that kind of idea of like misrepresenting, sort of over speaking, overstepping your authority, your bounds, um, all in the name of the person you're supposed to be representing. Like that's kind of what this commandment I think is more about. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And I think so then to make it on even like, well, it's that, I mean, obviously that story is pretty intense. I think it was very intense. The where this goes in regards to our bearing witness of Christ is, I mean, even, I don't want to say more significant, but I mean, yeah. it ultimately of eternal significance, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, uh, not just a pest control situation, but, a, you know, how do we bear uh, what God says and what God, uh, you know, wants his people to know? And how do we bear the name of Christ as, as Christians and his, uh, uh, his hands and feet? That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And so God cares about his reputation. Yes. Right. I yes. think is, is the thing. Exactly. And for the sake of... Um, for the sake of people who don't yet know him, but right. that God wants to sort of get to know him. And just to mention another story, just because um, I think it ties in with this whole witnessing, especially to people who maybe don't believe. Uh, when I was on my camping trip back in the summer, there's someone on the trip who is not a Christian. And we're just, you know, sitting around, have lots of conversations. And at one point they asked, okay, so like, you know, he's, he's sometimes he'll bring up God and Bible. It's always a good time. Uh, he's like, what is this whole deal with, you know, not using God's name in vain. Like, why does God really care if I use a swear word? So he, his oh, impression he, he, was, he, yeah, okay. yeah. And I actually got to sort of explain how it's kind of like, now he is, he owns a business. So I'm like, imagine someone in your business went out and made a sale, but yet did some really backhanded deal where, or they misrepresented you, misspoke right. um, you. Like, how would that make you feel? He's like, oh, well, that'd be, you know, terrible. I'd fire him. I'm like, yeah. well, exactly. That same kind of, you know, thing about um, misrepresenting someone that God takes that very seriously because you could end up causing all kinds of trouble for people. And then you're the one that kind of gets the bad name. And that's just not right. And it's right. like, I could see how that really, he's like, oh, okay. And that totally changed his, his view on it where he actually like, okay, it's not just some fickle, like arbitrary, um, you know, nitpicking kind of law, but like right. there's some serious stuff at stake. Um, yeah. You know, people, everyone understands that 
you don't want your reputation to be smeared or anything. Right. And I think God has every right to want the same that we at least want of ourselves. Right. No, I th- and, and that's, a, that's a helpful point because I think when people think about the Ten Commandments or just laws of God in general, I think they do think, okay, this is some God that's just kind of waiting for me to mess up, waiting and, and uh, kind of ticking off the list of, okay, we, this is the places where I've made mistakes. This is where I've failed. But the reality is, is that these laws, uh, in essence, are not necessarily, I mean, they're, they're, they are about the individual, but they're also about the witness, right? They're yeah. also about, there's a missional component to this of, of uh, not just, okay, my individual relationship with God, which is eh, a thing, but also God always interacts with people as a, as a community. Mm-hmm. And so how does this community bear witness to the name of the God that they, you know, claim to, claim to love and, and serve? And what does that say about uh, what do what do the actions of those individuals say about uh, say about God? And so yeah. all when we think about the Ten Commandments, I it's it's not like it's not like these limiting laws, right? Yeah. But rather the, the their their boundaries that God says this is this is how I want you to this is for thriving, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I I talk about <laughs> this with with students is that like when parents have like house laws or house rules, mm, yeah, um, it's not because it's a lack of love. It's actually laws come. From love, and that's the mm-hmm. establishment of the commandments as a whole. Laws come from love, uh, you know. Uh, that in out of God's love <laughs> sets these kind of these limits uh, for for life, yeah. um, for for our thriving, and for ultimately life. And it, sometimes we we read this, "You shall not," right? And it's like, okay, you shall not do this, don't do this. The reality is, is it's more of a, a future. Okay, this is this is what you're invited into. You mm. won't as as a member of this family. You're not gonna, we just, this is just this is what we do this yeah. is, or this is what we don't do yeah um, and so with this one in particular uh, God cares about how people see his family yeah right? and ultimately is a reflection of of uh, of who he is yeah well and now you mentioned how a lot of the commandments they're talking about you shall not do this shall not do that and I think a lot of people feel like that's yeah like God's trying to make life no fun yeah. but as, as you're thinking about it um it's almost like if you you know, you're a kid and you're at a, a camp or something that's, you know, got all kinds of fun things around. And um, which which approach would be um, more fun where maybe the counselor says, all right, you know, don't go over here because you might fall and hurt yourself and don't go over here. But otherwise you can go and play and do whatever you want. Is that better? Or is it, okay, you need to do play, you know, go here for 14 minutes and then go over here and then you need to do it all in this order and you need to do this and that and that and that. And that's the only way that you could ever, you know, experience this, you know, campground. And I think for a lot of kids, they'd be like, no, just, you can just kind of tell me the boundaries, but like, otherwise, you know, we right. to explore. And I think that's almost the way that we could think of these shall nots. Like God's telling us, Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this here. But like, otherwise you have a lot of freedom to kind of live life. Like there's all kinds of things we can say and all the kinds of things we can do. Right. And he's only kind of given us the things that we shouldn't just for our own good. And like, cause otherwise if you kind of break or go against these rules and things go bad, um, but otherwise like, again, like this whole idea of boundaries create freedom. And it's not like yeah. God is forcing us to all live life the exact same way and only say, these exact words and you know all the time right he's not prescribing every single little thing we get to do but like he just gives us some general things that are helpful and then he gives us so much freedom uh to go and do all kinds of things and i just think like if people would have that approach with it they'd almost have a greater appreciation for like okay it's kind of no good to know okay these are kind of the boundaries but otherwise i have i'm free to live and go and do and say and and all that and bring some, I don't know, excitement to yeah. life, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. So 
in regards to this particular commandment, uh, I, reading here from Exodus chapter 20, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. And it says, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So if if it's not completely, if it's not just saying OMG, you know, using God's name in vain in some sort of expletive, stub my toe manner, mm-hmm. uh, then what is this really about and what is this what, what i guess what are some what, what are we some doing we break it and, what, or what are some instances of people breaking it yeah if, if, they, if it's not just that and it is more about maybe falsely bearing the name what yeah. are some instances of people falsely bearing? Of, i can think I, of a few i can think I of a few too i was gonna say yeah. i was gonna let <laughs> like, you go first but I, you're I mean, a great I can, co-host yeah yeah i can i mean i can if you want me to yeah yeah you go you okay first. all right so yeah. i'm gonna go with, with the one that i guess has been on my heart and my mind over the last, I don't know, number of number of maybe months and years, when I've kind of finally got an understanding of this, but I think um, there's been no shortage of stories in uh, the news and otherwise when uh, there's some religious leader mm. um, who takes their authority and abuses that authority um, in a way that uh, um, ultimately harms women uh and yeah. uh, uh basically i mean abuse of power abuse of, of power some kind. Yeah. and saying <clears throat> like there's one i'm not going to say the specific person's name I, if you're aware of the i mean you could look anywhere really honestly yeah uh in regards to i mean it's in every it's in every denomination pretty much mm-hmm. i mean it, you know it's in every every uh <laughs> anytime there's there's kind of abuse of power in, in that respect i mean it can it can happen really anywhere but it, it just honestly it to me that that is an example of breaking the second commandment yeah. of, of misusing God's name. And th- there was one story where a guy said, "You can't tell anybody um, about this mm. because if you do, that would hurt the faith of millions of people." Mm. And to me, that that makes my skin crawl. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I, I like in, in terms of for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. That that I got. I that's I'm fearful for that individual's salvation. Right. Yeah. In terms yeah. Of, uh, you, I mean, even though they did a lot of good in their life, um, uh, the fact that they would use that platform, use those words, and then manipulate people for their selfish, like I, I just, I don't understand how that's possible. Mm. Uh, well, I can understand how that's possible in the sense of sin, but I don't, yeah. I, I, I cannot wrap my mind around it, and I, I do think that that is maybe the, this, I don't, maybe it's not the strongest, but I think it's probably one of the strongest uh, examples of misusing the name of God yeah. and uh, uh, bearing. False, ultimately, false witness against God and, mm-hmm. and bearing His name, uh, using it in vain and empty and deceitful <laughs> and for self. I mean, all those things, right? Yeah. Well, and you know, a common, a related case that's all over the news. That's not even with the church. And I just bring this up just to show how much worse it is with the church, like with uh, Larry Nasser and the gymnastics. Oh, like, right. You know, I mean, it's the same kind of idea of taking advantage, using your power, working in the name of you know the Olympics and everything. But it's like everyone sees how bad that is. But it's right. like it really is so much worse. For like, I mean, like, I don't know, Roman Catholic priests, like that's like a lot yeah. of just like as far as what people think of and like all the scandals that have come to light and right. just all the terrible corruption there and like how much worse those are. Um, maybe not in the um, amount of people directly affected, but just in like the fact that you're taking God who just you know, there cannot be a worse representation of who yeah. is. And for some people, that's enough to make them totally, um, <clears throat> you know, never uh seek out god or anything and just totally abandon whatever faith they might have had right um all from the destruction of someone taking god's name and misrepresenting him like that i mean it's, yeah it is almost too much to even think about of how damaging uh 
it is when someone really does this. Well, yeah, I think it's so in terms of our culture, in terms of our society, people that maybe aren't maybe that are raised in the church or, or, or not, what is God's reputation mm. in, in the culture, yeah. right? I mean, in, in, in how do people uh, think about, what do people think about when they think about Christians? Do they, do they think about charity? Do they think about love? Do they think about grace? Do they think about those things? Or do they, do they think about and recall some of these times? And I'm not saying obviously that, um, <laughs> that all Christians need to be perfect because that's not actually that the call isn't right. perfection. No, uh, that the call is is broken humility, humility that points to yeah. the person of Christ. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah, we, like recognizing that we as Christians should hold ourselves to um, a different standard, right? Yeah. And especially especially people that that bear the name of Christ in those situations, like uh, priests or pastors or church leaders or. You know, I mean, there's no shortage of stories, stories again, Hmm. um, that those things happen that I (laughs) millstone tied around the neck. I mean, like who causes people to sin in that space. I'm just I don't know. I I, I, to me, that seems like a well, as the catechism says, uh, lie or deceive by his name. Mm-hmm. Um, right. That, uh, yeah. that, so that Luther got it. I think yeah. so. And I, again, I don't know exactly. I mean, with the whole, when I teach this in, in confirmation, it's always really funny to, uh, to unpack, you know, use satanic arts. Like that's yeah. not really uh it's not really a, a, an everyday term. Like it might've been back in, you know, uh, you know, Luther's day in uh-huh. 1500s, but, um, not not so much right, not so not, much today not as common not as common but not but so. recognizing like <clears throat> because in the spiritual world was kind of understood in a different light as it is today yeah. doesn't mean that the spiritual world is any less uh, potent or any less real it's just we kind of I guess think about it differently and thus kind of it, I don't know it, we we don't really acknowledge it in the same uh, in the same right. way but well, and I think even explaining that one in terms of this representing God like if you're seeking or um, yeah if you're seeking power and like supernatural intervention from someone other than God, that's almost giving um, something that's not God sort of the role of God. Whereas, you know, if you seek out like Satan or anything for power or seek out whatever, um, some supernatural power intervention, that's like something that really is only reserved for God. You know, that you should seek God for intervention or help or this or that. But if you're going to seek out something else, then it is almost like, you're disrespecting God's, right. you know, sort of so what does mean when we role? say God's name, though, right? So, right. like, what what is the name of God? Yeah. Like, and there's tons of names of uh-huh. God, right, in terms of uh, kind of the tradition of, you know, from Elohim, Yahweh, uh, yeah. the, you know, uh, Jehovah Jireh. I mean, if you go through all the yeah. different names of God. Right. Um, so when we're, I guess, when we're talking about this specifically, hmm. is, is name encapsulating kind of all of those things? Like, uh, all of the names, all of the, the ways in which... Uh, that God's known and or God points to God's self, right? I mean, what what would what would we kind of I guess say in that respect? Yeah, you know, I I did do a, a <laughs> I did a study on this some time ago, and I had four kind of things. No way about it. All uh, right, but yeah, it's it's a little dusty. You have to give me some time. Maybe you could ramp, uh, vamp a little bit. Yeah, and, I, uh, I can. Time. I can. I can vamp a little bit. Um. Uh. Yeah. So <laughs> the other day. Uh, my, you know, my kids, uh, they kind of, I got a seven-year-old, five-year-old and, and three-year-old mm. and, uh, I, they will also kind of self-police on this, Okay. Uh, on this as well. So funny. And, uh, and I, I, and I, sometimes I feel, I'll be honest and say, I feel a little bit bad, like that, like, I'm like, 
is this really what it's about? Is it mm. really about? Uh, is it really about me? You know, not saying or not saying God's name. Yeah. Um, in uh, in kind of a in that fashion, but uh, I know that. Uh, I don't know. We, yeah, we, we we usually when I teach this, I say stuff like. Um, it, it's weird to call upon the name of God in this fashion, in this instance, but not in other instances, mm. right? So, like, you would never say, oh, my Steve. Like, that's weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or uh, What do you have against what Steve? Do you have... <laughs> Steve's a great guy. Steve's a great guy. But it, it, is, it, it is an interesting thing that we've, that that's become a kind of a cultural thing to be able yeah. to, to use God's name in that way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think that having a, a more complete understanding of, okay, what is... What does this What does this mean? What is the reputation of God, and and what does His name uh, represent? Yeah. Um, well, what do we so think? I, I did pull it up, and okay. I think because yeah, this this idea, this concept of name, and what it means to use someone's name or have someone's name uh, can be strange. But kind of four aspects that I think go along with someone's name is their reputation, their character, their authority, and their power. Okay, reputation, that, that, character, authority, and power. Yeah. So Paul, your reputation, your character, Paul, your authority, <laughs> Paul, your power. Don't misuse my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's all kind of stemming from, especially the first three, reputation, character, and authority. Yeah. That, again, we're only ever, like, representatives uh, of God. Well, like, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Yeah. I mean, almost to pray kind of according to like who he is and what he's done and sort of in his power right? Uh, is how we think of how we use Jesus' name in, in prayer, which is almost a strange thing. Yeah. Um, but like, and I think I heard someone describe that as, uh, it's almost like when you're, you know, you're a kid and you got a sibling and your, your mom tells you or your dad tells you, hey, go tell your brother it's time to come inside to eat. And you go outside to your brother and you're like, hey, it's time to eat. And like, you know, the brother kind of writes you off. He's like, oh, who cares about you? And then you say, well, dad, you know, dad said it's time to eat. And then they're like, oh, okay, you know, okay, dad said. Then it's time to come got in. It. It's almost like you use, that's how you almost use the name of someone. Right, right. You, you got their reputation, their power, their right, authority, their authority. Yeah. wrapped up in what you're saying. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I like that. No, that's, yeah, that's helpful. Um, so, so the name of God because it, we're not necessarily talking about like the name Elohim or the name Yahweh or the name uh, yeah you guess Je- I Jesus don't, wasn't thinking of it, those terms yeah it's kind of it's kind of more so what is the God's... yeah right I mean like yeah. I, I I mean it's interesting because whenever you know Moses says well who are you right like who uh-huh. like you're you know the the God of my ancestor okay well who are you and he says I am who I am right this is the the uh, and that was enough for mm. for Moses yeah um and that was and I mean there are different times where God reveals God's self to you know his people um uh, you're you're the god who sees you're the god who hears you know like there's all yeah. these different kind of places where god shows up and those things represent i guess his reputation appropriately yeah some things about his character his character his authority his power and then obviously most clearly seen in the person of jesus who means right means savior right yeah. so like that the name above all, all names, names exactly i was just about um, to say that yeah yeah that at the name of jesus every knee every will bow in heaven bow. and earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord yeah. then that like so that is where i guess the culmination of the name the reputation of who god is is most clearly seen in how does jesus or how does god want to be known he wants to be known through his son he wants to be known by jesus yeah and yeah you know i think that's where some people get really hung up on how uh some parts of scripture say baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit yeah. know, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then a couple times in Acts, it talks about being baptized in Jesus' name. And yeah. people get so hung up on this, but it's like, 
we should see that you know, Jesus being kind of the ultimate, final, authoritative representative representative of God, like God in the flesh, that yeah, his name really is interchangeable with sort of Trinitarian name, like yeah, that he is the fullness of God dwells bodily, right? Yeah. yeah. Although I did have there is I don't know oneness Pentecostals. Yes, uh, they do believe they be ones that, that yeah. you have to baptize in the name of Jesus or else it's not legit. Um, I had somebody in college that was uh, that was uh-huh. a oneness Pentecostal, and and it was it was fun to kind of have conversations mm. with him, and he you know he was he was unpacking I think uh, a couple of different places of the mystery of God, and he was saying the mystery actually is that you baptize in this one name. He's like, well, no, the mystery of God is that Christ is revealed to people, yeah, and uh, and but anyways, so uh, no, the Trinitarian theology is uh, is accurate, you know, in the sense of and that. That is the name in which we baptize, right? In, in the name yes. of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can I tell you a crazy Spirit. story? Yeah, please. Yeah, okay. go for it. So, <laughs> what so, is this? So, okay. So, last night, uh, Mary was going to the grocery store. Okay. And it was a little bit later, you know, going to H-E-B. And uh, she gives me a call. She's like, hey, I just had a really strange interaction with someone. Someone had come up to her and said, hey, can I talk to you about something? And she's <laughs> like, uh, sure. And... And she was asking her, like, I think some questions about, like, what do you believe and this? And she said, do you know that there's God, the father and God, the mother? And Mary's like, huh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. And the girl's like, do you believe that? She's like, well, no, that, that, I don't don't think so. Uh, Always, you know, God, father, son, Holy Spirit. And she's saying, well, and, you know, Revelation here, it says, and I've looked more at it, but their whole thing is like, God is we can talk about God, the mother, God, the father, because as God being the creator, they say how we always see male, female being the ones to sort of create. And so if there's God, the father, there must be God, the mother, so that there could be creation too. And like, so they point to every verse about God creating is evidence for there being God, the mother as kind of a separate, it's a very strange thing, but I don't know, just like that literally just happened last night. Uh, And so we were just talking about this, but it's kind of one of these things too of, what do we say about God? Right. And well, I mean, know, we, there, there's a, there's a big there, there's a big push to kind of remove gender yeah. right from from scripture uh-huh. and and from God. From and, God. And obviously, God is not God the Father is not anatomically right. male in the sense of it's human analogous maleness. language. Right. Like, I mean, we're using he, an analogy. You would, here, yeah. but you would it would be inappropriate to say that God is female. Right. Right. Because uh, in the same way, it's inappropriate to say that God is male, other than. Uh, Jesus, Jesus is being, male, right? Yeah. So Jesus is was a human male. Now God yeah. is spirit, dwells in an approachable light. Jesus is a human. <laughs> Jesus, still. right? So right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I think yeah. So, so what is but what is that what is that doing and why I think is maybe a maybe a, even a bigger question. Right? Yeah. Is, is why is that why is that push why? and why is that like I mean, there are different times in scripture where. You know, God's talked about in regards to he's like a hen, you know, gathering her uh-huh. her, her chicks uh, mm-hmm. under her wings or whatever else. And so um, that that out of out of God's creativity, right, male and female came, right. In other words, uh, male and female uh, was made in the image of in the image of God. Now, yeah. that's not the image of God does not necessarily mean uh, male image or female image. Uh, that means that they that we as male and female bear. The image of God, yeah, which goes back to uh, you know this this thing that we, right. we as we bear, we are image bearers of God. Mm-hmm. Mago day, we're Im- image bearers of God. Are we representing uh, the God that created us, yeah, um, and redeemed us, and that we claim to worship and follow? Are we representing Him, yes, and uh, upholding His name? Well, and that's just a, another thing about this. It's that verse too, created 
in the image of God, male and female, he created them. Right. So that's another thing, male and female. Right. They say, oh, there must be God the Father, God the Mother. So again, it all just that's goes to show yeah, yeah. we need to be very careful about what kinds of implications we'll draw out from some of these things, like right. what does it mean to be image bearers of God, like you're saying. Right. Um, so yeah, you mentioned different influential pastors using their um, their place and their authority to uh, abuse. abuse. Yeah. Um, that's, I think, a huge example. And, and it's not just to you know, point out the, the specs in everyone else's eye, but I think also just I think of televangelists and people who just, you know, will promise people that if you buy our yeah, the prosperity cost, gospel, yeah, that if you, that, that you will be blessed if you do this. And that's yeah. never been the promise of God, actually. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, Jesus says, follow me and you're going to die. And it's right. not really a, not really a really attractive, uh, uh, <laughs> uh ask, right? Yeah. I mean, like John the Baptist, what happened to him? Well, he, he, he prepared the way and he got his head chopped off. Right. And then, yeah. so, I mean, and, and all of the disciples died, uh, a martyr's death, mm. um, besides, I guess, besides John, yeah. uh, um, again, so it wasn't like, okay, life is going to be uh, better when you follow me. Right. Um, that's never been the promise, uh, ever. And so I think having that understanding, uh, is, is helpful, but yeah, there are a lot of churches, I'd say false doctrines that say, Hey, uh, God, God's blessings look like worldly blessings. And sometimes mm. God does bless in that way. Uh -huh. But I, I mean, I always get a little bit uncomfortable when we're like, I mean, I know that God's blessed me. Right. And mm. it's like, and I blessing with family, blessing with all these different things. And I'm like, God can take those things away and that still be a blessing. Right? right. Like that's not, that's not, that's not the way that I know God loves me. Right. And if it is, if my love is conditional on the basis of my, uh, my status or my, my, uh, my wealth or my whatever, then uh, then it's based on worldly things. But if my status, if my love, if, if I know that God's love for more for me is based on well, his work through Christ, well, then that's that's something that is not, that's literally, literally, literally the only thing that can be not be taken away. And that's, right. the, that's where can we root our, yeah. ultimately our identity. But I mean, Jesus said, blessed are the poor. Yeah. I mean, opening up his sermons, like he was totally flipping the script with people's understanding and yeah, what it means to be blessed. I mean, Lord gives, Lord takes away. Blessed be the name, the name of the Lord. Lord. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so... And I think, so I think the whole promising, well, and here's really the danger. And like, here's why that being aware of this and calling this out a little bit is so important because when you're promising people that, um, the more money you give or whatever, the more you'll receive. And as far as material blessings go, when that message is preached, you're setting people up to have their like you're, you're misshaping their expectations. And then right. when they don't get the material blessings, now who are they blaming? Right. They're blaming God. Right. And it's like, that's that's really the danger, I think, that God would want to avoid too, is that when you um, misshape people's expectations and you make them falsely believe that, like the more you give or more whatever, the more you'll have material blessings. And then the material blessings don't come. Of course, they're going to blame God because that's where they were taught to, yeah. you know, that was going to deliver. And it's like God didn't hold up his end of the bargain. And now all of a sudden they're falling away from the faith. And it's like, right. I think it's just helpful to remember, like, that is what's at stake. Not just like, you know, we have to appreciate how, how important it is to be, you know, careful about that. Like, we don't want to be setting people up to be scandalized and falling away. Yeah. Yeah, no, completely. And as you were talking, I was kind of thinking about the times that people use so they, they say, okay, uh, you will be healed. 
right? So the healing, again, oh, I, I believe, yeah. I believe hundred percent that God has the power to heal and mm -hmm. I pray for healing. I mean, scripture says to pray for healing, yeah. but when people make the claims of you will be healed, um, and that, and it kind of like, you know, God will heal this, uh, I mean, they're in some senses true because either in life or in death, ultimately God has victory. Yeah. Um, but, but it, it can lead people to, to be, okay, wait, do I not have enough faith if this is not, if this healing does not happen? Like, or am I, you know, is God not really good if this healing does not happen? Mm. Um, and, uh, and some people can basically misuse, basically say something that God has said when, how do you discern what God has said? If, if, because, I mean, you know, as Lutheran theologians, we kind of, Maybe we err on the side of caution. Maybe even maybe too much, yeah. right? In the sense of, well, what God has said, He's said completely in His Word, and that's kind of the the, the final uh, uh, final word from God. And I, and I agree with that in the sense of, um, you know, in these last days He's spoken through you know prophets, but in, you know, in these last days He's spoken to, to us through His Son. And so yeah. the fulfilled Word of God is in Christ. But mm -hmm. does God still speak today? And I I believe that He does. He still speaks through His Word. He still speaks through His body, uh -huh. um, and still speaks through His Spirit. But discerning that spirit and then representing that spirit to the world. That's a, that's a different and wholly difficult thing Yeah. Um, to say, Hey, God says this um, in this moment. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, this is what this means. Because again, when we're doing, when we're interpreting scripture, that's also kind of what we're saying. We're saying God means that God wants you to know this. And so where are we pointing to? Are we pointing to a false God of power, of authority, of wealth, of, you know, whatever else, or are we pointing to, true God of, of weakness, of Christ, you know, yeah. of failure of, uh, of the cross. I mean, is it a theology of glory, theology of the cross, all those types of things. Um, and so I don't know I, I, when you were talking, that made me think of, of, of kind of my, I guess our particular brand of Christianity is our kind of a reticence to, to, uh, to speak so confidently for right. God yes. on things that he might not have clearly have said. And right. Like like you said, we err on that side of things of, well, you know, I'm not going to say like the whole joke of a young high schooler or college student going up to like a girl and saying, well, God told me, <laughs> God told me you're going to marry me. So oh, if you man. don't, if you don't start dating me, you're going against God's will here. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of the, the joke of it. But it's, it's also true that like, okay, maybe, maybe that wasn't fully God speaking. Now, could God be pushing you to maybe start like. I don't know, explore that relationship. Yeah, yeah, that could be. And you could say that like, I'm, you know, pretty, I'm interested in you. I'd love to get to know you, whatever. Uh, but to say, to say so confidently and speak for God like that. I mean, that's just one example of how all that can just be so misused and just make yeah. a really bad love life. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. And, and the thing is, is God's, God's will, right. And his, in his spirit, it's never going to contradict his word. And so if, yeah. if you're in, if you have a, if you have a kind of rich understanding of the word, those things, and that's not like you flip to page, you know, 437, you know, and of the Bible, you're like, okay, sweet today, this is God's word for me. Um, and this helps me decide what type of food to get or something like that. Right. Um, but, uh, but when in decision-making and in, in discernment in general, uh, Scripture's not going to, you know, the spirit's not going to uh, disagree with itself <laughs> in essence. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it will kind of confirm, I guess, maybe what God is putting on your heart or having people around you, if you, you know, uh, speak things to you and confirm mm. those things in you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if someone kind of says, I'm always very reticent and kind of if someone says, God says this to me. Yeah. Right. I, I, I'm not going to quickly say. 
hey, that's a breaking of the second commandment. Right. Like, I'm not going to say that because that's, that seems, not that, that might also, dismiss that also or... might be a little bit uh, unhelpful, right? Because, yeah. I mean, I, again, can God speak to people? Of course he can. He can do whatever he wants to do. Uh-huh. Um, but I am, a, I'm just cautious, I guess, about that. And maybe, maybe I need to be less cautious. Maybe I'd be more open to well, uh, the Spirit's work like in, in people's lives. Like 1 Corinthians 14 or somewhere it says, like, don't, um, don't disregard someone in their prophecy just like right. out, outright. I don't know what it, it, it word for word. Right. I'm misquoting God here. Uh, no, no big deal. Misrepresenting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. E. Uh, but it's like, you know, yeah, we, we should be open to at least hearing people out, but then everyone kind of coming back to and saying, okay, um, maybe not. And we could even change the framework of it of, is God exactly tell me to do exactly this or is this something that at least um, would be okay with God? You know, because if you kind of have that approach, is this something that God would be okay with, I guess? Then right. there's some ways to figure that out. We have some guidelines um, with Scripture. and But there could be multiple things that God could be okay with, but also some very clear things that he would not be okay with. Right. Um, just like how I, I saw I saw some kind of joke or meme where someone was saying, um, quoting uh, a Christian or something, and there's this this Christian was saying, I don't want to follow or believe in a God, or I don't think God would ever ask me to de- deny myself. And I don't know what the context was, but oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay. And then the person quotes, you know, whoever would follow me must deny, deny himself. himself. Yeah, take and it's like to, yeah. you hear the people who get these ideas about God, like oh, God would never ask me to deny myself or deny what I want. And it's like, well, you know what? Maybe he might. Yeah. And. It might be, it's in the realm of possibilities that right. he would, because Jesus did say, no, following him might involve denying uh, himself. And I don't know. It's just, wow. Well, Ben, we've, we've done it. We've, have we, have we cracked? Have we, I think we cracked something. Okay. Yeah. So I should say this. We should say this. Um, this commandment's great because it, it hits all of us. Well, you and I both know it's not just a lot of people out there. It's also us. Like we, yeah. And what this commandment is calling us to do is to constantly be uh, aware of and checking what kind of um, witness we are giving. And right. I would say for me, that's where, you know, if, as I would be teaching this and um, trying to convey the meaning of this commandment and to live it out personally, I always come back to, no, it's not merely about stopping myself from saying OMG and I'm good, but it's really about what are the things I do and the things I say, what kind of, um, you know, am I reflecting Christ and I'm supposed to be remade in the image of Christ. Like, am I right. reflecting who he is, uh, his love, his humility, his, you know, selflessness and you know, unity and hope and everything. Am, am I, are those the kinds of things that people see from me? Is that the kind of right. impression? Do I give a true witness of who God is. Um, and that's kind of the thing I think day in, day out, the way that we can embrace and uphold this commandment as Christians. Right. Um, so that's like where I come back to. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, I think completely that you could easily keep this commandment in the sense of not saying God's name in vain, but completely break it in your witness mm, yeah. of God. Yeah. I mean, that you could, you could legalistically, you know, tithe your dill and cumin, but yeah. ne- neglecting weightier matters of the law and recognize, you know, and so like, uh, God wants you to eat your dill and cumin. <laughs> Delicious. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, and that, that, that was, I mean, that's the, the, the yeah, pharisaical the, understanding yes. of I, I, I'm doing the right thing. Thus I'm in a right relationship with God. 
Um, and then it's it ultimately it's again it's a works based righteousness where that's not what we have. We have a grace based righteousness, a, a, great, uh, a righteousness based on the uh, on the work of Christ. And so because of that, then are we reflecting that? Are yeah. we reflecting the grace that we've received in Christ? And are we making much of the reputation that we have? Because no matter what, no matter who you are, if you have you know uh, a lot of people in your circle of influence or very few people in your circle of influence, you nonetheless. Uh, it bear the name, uh, bear the image of Christ as someone who's made in his image, but then also as a Christian specifically, you bear the reputation of Christ. A yeah. Christian literally, I mean, that was the, uh, I think it was, that was the, the outsider's view of uh, Christians. They were first named Christian in Antioch, mm. I think, which in Acts 17. It was yeah. an outsider's understanding. They used to be called, you know, followers of the way. And they're like, okay, well, they bear the name of Christ, little Christians, little Christs mm-hmm. that we, we embody uh, or we should, anyway, embody the grace of Christ. And so our actions, our inactions, our words, uh, all those things reflect uh, um, reflect the God who uh, who made us. And so that's yeah. A, it. That yeah, are we are we being pharisaical in our in our posture of self righteousness? Hey, I got this one down. Or or are we being you know humble and saying, hey, I I, I need to be conformed. Uh, and transformed in the image of Christ, and mm. that's a that's a daily working of the Spirit in my life. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, I, th- I mean, I yeah, as as someone who, uh, I, we could easily just make this about the worst, right? Uh, this is just about hey, those those terrible pastors who have abused people, and that's terrible and horrible. And I, it's it, but at the same time, that wouldn't do that. Like Scripture is never really meant to be applied to other people. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, really, it's meant to be applied to me. Like, yeah. if I'm applying it just to other people, then I'm using it in the, the wrong room. way. Yeah. That this word is thought is is meant to you know uh, penetrate soul and spirit, joints and marrow, judge the thoughts and attitudes of my heart, not other people's hearts. Yeah. And so, really, where we have to approach this is, well, yeah, where what am I? Uh, am I bearing the name of Christ well, or am I seeking for my own glory? Am mm-hmm. I seeking? to give glory to God or am I seeking to give glory to myself or, or whatever else. And so I think there's a lot of places where we can, uh, uh, fail in this, but, uh, but hopefully our failures get to point to Jesus. I don't yeah. know. Well, but, and just like you read at the beginning, how kind of the, the curse, uh, attached to that commandment of breaking it was, you know, I will not hold guiltless the one who breaks us. I mean, we then are driven to trust in the forgiveness of Jesus that he, yeah. you know, bore the punishment for all the times that we break it, that we trust in that. And that leads us to kind of humbly seeking to continue to uphold it. Is he's, that well, he, well, he's the only one that never broke it. Yeah. yeah right? right. So like we all break this. Everyone's broken it. He's the only one that bears the name of God perfectly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as you think about that, think about, I got a bracelet here. Uh, everyone's got the WWJD. I, we, we did a, a series a couple years ago, WDJD. What did Jesus do? Looking mm. at the stories of Jesus, ultimately culminating in the cross. What did Jesus do? Well, he bore witness to his father. Yeah. Right? He, he didn't do anything that he didn't see his father doing. Right. Right? So, so th- and, and that's something that I am personally right now trying to figure out, well, what, you know, what is God up? Not what do I want to do? Mm. What is God, what was my plan for my life? What is my, you know, as we're kind of starting a new year here and stuff, what is my plan for my life? No, what, where is God active mm. and uh, where can I come alongside and, and, and make his name great? Um, and that's what Jesus did, right? And so yeah. he embodied this perfectly. And so how can we, how can we follow uh, that, bear the name of God and point to the person of Christ? Um, how do, how can we do that? Well, and I, I mean, I think repentance is, is key in this, uh, and humility is key in this. Yeah. Um, 
Now for a final oh, we get a word. Fun. Okay. Final word on um, the phrase OMG. Okay. Here's where I think you can make the case that that's actually not the best or most helpful yeah. with the two. And like how we talked about, or like Luther's explanation, you shall not curse. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the word curse and kind of the biblical idea of cursing and from the kind of the Hebrew word and the Hebrew idea, I mean, it meant to take lightly. So, yeah. right? So the vanity question is the take lightly, okay. the empty, right? Yeah. So the, the, the cursing, because there's the other element of cursing where there's like blessings and cursings, right? Uh-huh. And so like there's like the, uh, and I'd have to, I, mean, I don't have those words right. in front of me in, yeah. in right now, but but uh, but yes, I think I, I think that- Like the, to I, curse God's name is to take it lightly, I guess is yeah, where yeah, I'm going. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. very much so. Like yeah. it's supposed it, to be a weighty, right. heavy, kind of glorious. Kavod. Yeah, kavod, <laughs> the weight, the of, weight it, of it. And the opposite would be just to, yeah, take it lightly. Just, yeah, and I think no you could deal. probably, I don't know, make it like this is this is where I go to. These are kind of the one, two, three, four kind of steps of like, okay, uh, yeah, if saying OMG is a way of just taking God lightly, yeah. I guess, then that's probably why it would not be yeah. so good. And if, why it does kind of relate to this commandment. Um, yeah. Because, yes, it, of course, this commandment deals with all kinds of other stuff, but even something like that. I think, yeah, it is pretty much related. I don't know. I don't yeah, know well, think I think the that. thing is, yeah, in this in this conversation, we're not trying to alle- alleviate. If you have guilt and you say uh, and you use God's name in vain all the time and you have a real issue with saying, oh, my God, or whatever else, and you feel like it's an issue, we're not trying to do the work of the Holy Spirit and say, hey, that's no big deal, right? I mean, right. If the, the Spirit's putting it on your heart to say, hey, I probably should change how I speak um, around people or what I use for my words, that's not my role or our role to assuage that <laughs> that. Uh, that, that guilt and you know but yeah but at the not same to time, say it's okay but yeah. we can't say you're forgiven for that it's yeah. just like we all are exactly and but again i don't think that's the main thing in this right uh, no i think that's and the, that is the bigger that's conversation, the bigger we've, conversation we've had but, um but yeah so i think uh i think we wondered wondered appropriately today. i think we wondered <laughs> yeah we wandered, we wandered around for a while uh, there yeah <laughs> we wandered around the wilderness kind of like couple after circles after after they got the commandments they did the same thing yeah we, we <laughs> what does this mean <laughs> i got to think about this chew on that well thank you for wondering with us and uh any closing thoughts before we see you next time <laughs> not a one this is a good conversation so uh, maybe we'll talk about the meanings of other commitments sometime maybe yeah maybe, do that. maybe yeah i don't know we'll see what the people say you know <laughs> we're all about the people uh, but yeah thanks for tuning in guys and uh, we'll see you next time